I'm Sharon Tannenbaum. I'm the executive director of San Francisco Camera Work, and we are thrilled to be here in our new location, right in the midst of the Yerba Buena district at 3rd and Mission Street. Camera Work was established in 1974, so we're 32 years old now, and we've always supported and exhibited the work by emerging and mid-career artists that push the boundaries of what the photographic medium can do. We also have education programs for low-income kids, a library, we do lectures, and so many things, including our upcoming auction of photographic prints that will be on December 2nd. My name is David Spaulding. I'm a critic and curator based in Beijing, and I'm also the curator of Ghosts in the Machine, the inaugural exhibition at San Francisco Camera Works New Space. Ghosts in the Machine was born out of an interest I had in what I consider a state of cultural amnesia that we're experiencing. I felt that there was an ethical imperative to explore difficult histories, and particularly the way that artists had developed inventive strategies to reincorporate them into collective memory and public consciousness. The installation behind me is by the artist Ding Kiu Le, who was born on the Cambodian-Vietnamese border in Ha Tien, Vietnam in 1968. His work, and particularly this installation, is a way of challenging our received histories of the Vietnamese-American War. So what you're looking at is a combination of found photographs, video and film stills from popular Hollywood depictions of the Vietnam-American War, and also Ding's signature photo weavings, which bring together these images, merge them using a technique that he developed by watching his aunt weave grass mats while he was growing up. So, I think it's a really extraordinary way of suggesting that these different voices and visions kind of coalesce to form our whole understanding, and that in fact that understanding is never entirely complete. Ding Kule's piece, The Texture of Memory, uses images taken at Tul Sleng, the prison camp that was run by the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia during the late 1970s. The prisoners at Tul Sleng, as they were processed, were photographed, and these photographs in this case have been embroidered in white thread on white fabric. The piece in part responds to accounts by survivors of the Khmer Rouge who having escaped to Southern California reported experiences of hysterical blindness. So in some ways the piece references braille and in fact it's meant to be touched. The threads used to embroider the faces have been treated so that they respond to viewers' hands, the oils in viewers' hands, so that over time, as the piece is touched, the figures actually become more and more visible. So you can think of it as a kind of active memorial that requires the viewer's participation in order to literally bring the figures back into the present. The work of Walid Ra, the Atlas Group, is very much about stretching the limits of the archive to communicate difficult histories. So this body of work, both the digital prints on the wall and a video that we've included in the exhibition, are attributed to fictitious individuals and are presented as archival material, but in fact have been constructed or produced by the artist under the name The Atlas Group. So for example, these digital prints are attributed to Dr. Fidel Fakuri, who purportedly died in 1993. Fakuri was the foremost expert on the Lebanese civil wars with particular interest in the Lebanese car bombings. And so to create these notebooks, Fukuri documented the make and model of every car used in car bombings during the Lebanese civil wars. So what you have here is a kind of historical document 
which in fact has been produced by the artist, attributed to a fictitious individual, and as such, and this is in keeping with Waleed's practice under the name The Atlas Group, begins to stretch the limitations or reveal the limitations of the archive as a tool to effectively communicate or capture difficult histories. Imaginary Homecoming is a series by the Finnish photographer Jorma Peranen, and the genesis for this project was in fact Peranen's discovery of archival photos of the Sami people of northern Finland that were housed in a French archive in the Museum of Man in Paris. To create this series, Peranen took the archival photographs and had them printed on things like translucent or transparent film, mounted onto translucent or transparent plexi, and literally situated them back into the landscape. So took them from the archive and returned them back into the landscape of northern Finland, where these people originally live. So it's as if he's taking these estranged figures who had been housed or in some ways imprisoned in an archive and invited them to return home, to really haunt the landscape that they originally inhabited. So what you see here are that these figures, these are not photoshopped images, but rather kind of sculptural installations directly sighted on the landscapes and photographed and printed in silver gelatin prints. Tony Hooker's series, From the Greater Good, takes as its point of departure the Tuskegee experiments that took place in Macon, Alabama over a 40-year time span beginning in the 1930s. The Tuskegee experiments took as its subjects African-American men suffering from syphilis. The experiment monitored the progress of syphilis as it ravaged their bodies, but did not inform the subjects of the experiments that they had syphilis or that they were being studied in such a way. And to create this body of work, Hooker actually went back to the clinic where the experiments took place and shot the ruins of that clinic. And then again, like Peranen, referred to or used archival images of the experiments actually taking place, and then with digital manipulation, situated the figures back into that ruined landscape. For me, Ghosts in the Machine hinges on the ethical imperative that difficult histories have to be preserved, and that artists have invented extraordinary ways to reintroduce them into public consciousness. And my hope is that viewers can come to this exhibition and not only learn about the histories depicted in these images, but also think about the histories that are not. Hi, I'm Lisa Dent. And I'm Autumn Ward. Uh, I'm originally from San Francisco. I went to college on the East Coast and then lived in New York for about 10 years where I worked at a variety of uh, museums and galleries. I moved back to San Francisco in 2002 and at that time I was deciding how I wanted to continue to work with living artists which was something I had decided to do while in college. And I you know, went back and forth but at the time really felt like I wanted to have an exhibition space so I decided to open a gallery space we opened in September of 2004. The Deluge, this current body of work, um, takes as its starting point uh, ancient multicultural flood myths. Um, they span the globe. The earliest one dates about 17th century BC. Um, they have striking similarities across the globe, but there's also uh, a lot of uh, strange 
twists and turns that the narratives take. So um, I have here a variety of images. Some of them are the sidebars of the flood stories, and some of them uh, move towards a contemporary context. So there's images from Hurricane uh, Katrina and the Asian tsunami disaster, um, because this, the flood, the great flood, is still looming in all of our minds, I think. Um, and deluge itself, the word, is um, politically, I think, something everyone is dealing with. I mean, we're all completely flooded. So um, I, the images here range from uh, a rabbinic sect. Um, a, a group of scholars spent a number of years trying to figure out why um, in the Genesis version of the, of the Bible, um, God chose to destroy all flesh and not just, say, the corrupt and evil human species. And their conclusion after long study was that the animals were also being very naughty and they were um, cross species, you know, breeding, all kinds of orgies going on with the animals. So they couldn't just send the plague, they had to just flood the whole planet and start anew. Um, so I have uh, images that reference that story, um, and um, there are sort of loosely interpreted mixtures of myths going on, and I've also got some uh, science in here, so it's kind of science and myth interacting with each other through this figurative imagery, which is very layered and has um, illusion, it's, a, it's uh, layers of metaphor, I would say, um, is what's going on in the images. images. I have been, um, like I think many of us, uh, flooded by the political, um, various political maneuverings and issues going on in the world. Um, it turned out that last year I was just doing a little mini project about, I was thinking about um, animals swimming and I was thinking about the ark and I did a piece that was called um, uh, Those That Shall Be Left Behind, I think was the name of it, and it was about horses swimming and which two would be chosen for the ark. And then, um, after I hung that piece in a show, Hurricane Katrina hit, and I was obsessed with it. I felt like it was um, the moment when I became aware of the, the level at which, the, it was a much larger level of um, dysfunction, I'll call it, than I had even imagined. And um, I watched, the, and I don't watch the news a lot simply because I get over, I get deluged, and, um, <laughs> but um, the, the, uh, I, I watched all of it, and I, I was just incredibly blown away and moved and tortured by it. So then I decided the two were segueing together, so I, I picked up. And it, 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 it relates to previous shows I had that were about humans, animals, and weather, or the environment that they're in.